What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In the mid-19th century, the Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle, wrote a series of essays addressing contemporary issues in church and culture of his day in order to bring biblical clarity to confused Christians. He described the issues of his day as knots on a rope that needed to be untied. While the issues may be different here in the 21st century, they are no less important or daunting. Carrying on the tradition, welcome to Knots Untied. Well, greetings, my friends, and so good to see you again. It's been a long time since I've been with you. I'm Gene Sherman. I have the privilege of being the pastor in Anglican terminology, the rector of Christ Church West Shore, the Anglican Church on the West Shore of Cleveland. And we're excited to be back with you here. Hopefully that I'll be able to get my act together and, and do these podcasts on a more regular basis. But I'm glad to be back. And so I want to encourage you all to just turn with me in your Bibles because we're going to dig into what it means to be emotionally healthy disciples and the way we love other people. We've been taking this spring quarter to focus on loving others. Now, this upcoming Sunday being Palm Sunday here at Christ Church, we're not going to be focusing on that so much as we are our Lord coming into Jerusalem and celebrating what he came to do, which is to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And that he rescued us upon his atoning work on the cross for us as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so we're going to be focusing on that this upcoming week and the following week in Easter. But then we're going to be returning back to, because this is a, an issue for each and every one of us, in a culture in this post-truth world we live in, how can we love our neighbors well? Well, it begins with us being emotionally healthy disciples that love others well. Number one, we took the first week just looking at how can we take a community temperature reading from Pete Scazzaro's book. And what that meant was making sure that we're, we're checking each other's in our relationships. And uh, God bless our wives and our husbands as we've been practicing these skills that we might do so well. Um, and so we've been working on that based on God's word, all principles from God's word, and how we can check our relationships, having check-in times, and communicating when something bothers us using sentence stems that are helpful, such as, you know, I'm puzzled, and then you fill in the blank of what puzzles you. That's a loving word, and so we use such loving words with one another, and and then also stop reading minds and clarifying expectations with the next week as we looked at the Proverbs and, and looking how, you know, don't mind read, just ask questions. I think that you think, fill in the blank, is that true? 
And uh, then you get into a fruitful conversation and you listen to one another and others along the way, as well as clarifying the expectations, making sure they're reasonable, making sure they're articulated, making sure the other person agrees with them. Therefore, you have an expectation. Um, so that's where we are. And so this past Sunday, we looked at that wonderful passage in Mark's gospel. So I'm going to read this for us. Mark chapter 3 beginning with verse 31, where Jesus said, And his mother and brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to Jesus and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother, my sister, and mother. See, the New Testament describes becoming a Christian as a spiritual birth, which we are adopted into a new family, the family of Jesus. God does not, God does forgive the past, but he doesn't erase it. We're given a new start, but we still come in as babies drinking milk and we're expected to grow up and become mature adults who love well. We all come into the family of Jesus with brokenness and wounds from being born into a broken world and imperfect families. God's intention is to heal us, but we must first become aware of what needs to be changed in us. Discipleship, then, must include honest reflection on the positive and negative impacts of our family of origin, as well as other major influences in our lives. Brothers and sisters, this is hard work. But to the extent we can go back and understand how our history has shaped us will determine to a large degree our ability to break destructive patterns and grow in love toward God and people. So we looked this past Sunday at Mark chapter 3, recognizing that uh, this has great implications for us as a church family, and then for our individual families as well. Because we, we, the word challenged us into what do we worship? Because so many people worship family above everything. And we're called to worship and love Jesus above everything. And so, because people do use this excuse about whatever it might be in order to inhibit their walk with Christ. And so... We're taking this week, and I want to encourage you, if you're, you have a, your workbook there, to turn to page 64 and 65 and take some time to do the hard work. Because there's two biblical truths about families. Number one, the blessings and sins of our families will have an impact lasting for at least three to four generations. God spoke to Moses in this in Exodus 34. He punishes the children for the sins of the father to the third and fourth generation. That Hebrew word for punish means tends to be repeated. What happens in one generation often repeats itself in another, in the next. And the second biblical truth about families is that becoming a Christian, you're to be birthed into a new family and a new culture. And it's not necessarily the same as your family of origin. When we come to Christ, we're birthed and adopted into God's family. And discipleship is learning to do life in the family of Jesus Christ. 
That's why we say brothers and sisters, and this is hard work. And as Pete often says, well, Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa lives in your bones. And so take the time this week to do the geneogram drawing and just it's it's not to play the victim. It's simply to know your history. Because what we do as Christians to be emotionally healthy Christians is we em- embrace our limits. You know, there are things we're good at, there's things we're not good at. Well, you embrace that. But also, also um, looking out and seeing um, how we might uh, embrace our past and recognize the good, the bad, and the ugly of our past. Because as we do that, we see themes that shaped us. And, and recognizing that the Israelites came out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery, they had They had other gods. They lied, stole, coveted, and worked seven days a week. But while God delivered them sheerly by his grace, Egypt was still deep in the ways of Egypt. They now had to learn how to do life as God's new family. So God gave them new ways in the Ten Commandments to reshape them as his people. And so that's what we're learning, um, looking at how God's people live as opposed to the world lives. And that's why discipleship is so important. And so do the work this week, brothers and sisters. Ask yourself when you, when you look at the, the unbiblical family commandments on page 67, do you see your family there? And there might be more as well. You know, um, and ask yourself, how did my family do that? When something seems out of order, ask that question. How did my family react in this this way or that way? And as you prayerfully begin to do the work looking back in your family's past, I want to encourage you to remember Joseph's story that we preached through in Genesis uh, 50. Joseph had a family history of great pain, loss, tragedy. And he could have said, that's it, I'm done, it's over, my life's ruined, my family is awful, I'm going to cut them out of my lives. But he didn't. In, in, In the sovereignty of God, God put you in your family like he put Joseph in his family. And therefore, um, recognizing that God works in, through, and in spite of your past, even the very worst of it in hidden and mysterious ways. And he wants to take your past and give you a great future out of it. And my prayer, my friends, as we begin to do this hard work of discipleship, just recognizing um, the good and the bad and the ugly of each and every one of our pasts, that we will allow the Lord to take the broken parts of our history and create something beautiful with your life that you can offer back to the world to be a blessing, to show people that you're a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so I invite you to to do that work as well as to plan on coming this Sunday. If you've received your COVID shot, 
if you've received uh, both shots, quite frankly, and and it's been a couple weeks, it, you know, there's there's no reason why we can't come together, right? Uh, we have three services, 8, 9.30, and 11.15. There's plenty of space between the 9.30 and 11.15. We make sure everybody's out and it's safe for everybody. No one has contracted COVID by, by attending Christchurch West Shore. And so because of that, I want to, it's safe. Please come. We'd love to have you. Our attendance actually is really getting good and it's starting to feel like the community again that we had last February when the church was really seen to be back growing healthy again, and then COVID happened, and then we all went into a down t- downspin. So come on. You've gotten your shots. Let's go. Um, because there's no profession of faith that forsakes the assembly on the, with the Lord, on the Lord's day with his people that has any type of credibility, if it's consistently forsaking it. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, you know, let's consider how we may encourage each other and not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. But let's encourage each other all the more as we see the day approaching. You see, there's an encouraging ministry that goes on with God's people as we seek to follow him. And so, with that on mind, in mind, um, just in want to encourage you to to walk with us because we're a place of imperfect people who want to encourage all to follow Christ together. So I'll see you this Sunday, Palm Sunday. Wear your mask and just come on in. The palms will be on your seats. Your bulletin will be on your seats because at Christ Church, there is a place for you. God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening to Knots Untied. If anything you've heard today sparks a thought or question, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to me, Gene Sherman, at gsherman at christchurchwestshore.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for community updates on Christchurch Westshore. God bless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.